Flames Nation, three games in 13 days, and by the hair on our chinny-chin-chin, chin, we have kept our zero, we've kept the undefeated streak alive, and your Flames, our Flames, are 7-0, and oh, and we have so much that we're going to jump into and dive into and talk about this evening, and there's no one else I'd rather talk all things Flames football, all things Liberty football, than the man who is all things a sea of red, John Manson. John, it was a late night on the mountain for you. I feel like that game was about four and a half hours long. How are we feeling? Man, we're feeling good. 7-0. and oh. Woo! Like our guy Ray over here saying. Woo! He gets us started every week just like that. So we're feeling good. It was a late night, and, and I think it's partly due to uh, some officiating. Uh, I mean, we, we had three minute reviews on just about every play call, but, but Hey, I, I'm not one that likes to, to, to complain about the refs and, uh, you know, we got out of there with the win. Uh, that's the most important thing. We said that a few weeks ago after the Sam Houston game survive in advance, as long as you got that zero on the end of your, your name, uh, you, you What's just, up, you guys? just keep Zach moving. Green here. And, Good to be uh, calling in. I just wanted to call and ask if. No, uh, 100%. Kept the zero, and as Coach Chadwell said in his post-game interview, an ugly win is better than a beautiful loss. And I completely agree with that. Uh, that sentiment holds true. Yes, there are some things that we will sit here tonight and go, all right, there's some things that, that absolutely can be better, things that have to get better. Um, and I think we can take comfort in knowing that it has been better. We have seen the defense step up make big time plays in big time situations and just tonight was not that night uh john what are your thoughts on some of that that we saw uh less than 24 hours ago yeah i mean it was an interesting game i think it all started off with uh you know the whole melee with Caden Salter. You know, not not having the right helmet, yeah. uh, first play of the game, and and that led to you know running out there, sprinting out there onto the field. You know, kind of in a little bit of uh, you know craziness, and and uh, you know he sent the guy in motion as he talked about after the game, and didn't get him all the way through, and had to snap the ball before the delay of game, uh, and then he 
you know, misread the coverage and didn't put the ball right on uh, Aaron Bedgood, which, which he was open. Uh, he kind of lobbed it up there, allowed the defender to kind of slide in underneath of it and and uh, get the interception. But um, any, anyways, it, it was, you know, uh, that kind of started the, the snowball going the wrong way, if you wanted to uh, say it that way, because, you know, Middle Tennessee gets the ball at the 23-yard line, I believe it was, three plays later, it's 7 nothing, and you're kind of like, what just happened? Uh, but, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, the defense got the job done. They uh, struggled through three quarters, I think we can say. Uh, but in the fourth quarter, they got four straight stops when Middle Tennessee had the ball with a chance to tie or maybe even take the lead. They decided to go for two. And uh, they got the stop, got the job done, got two interceptions. And, uh, you know, the offense did what they needed to do throughout the night. And, you know, what can we say about the offensive line, the running game, 401 rushing yards, FBS record for the program, uh, number fifth, number five overall rushing total uh, for, for the team uh, all time. So uh, just a great uh, ground game. But that's kind of become the normal for the team uh, this season. No, I completely agree. And I know a lot of the, the, the points they had came off of the turnovers, um, which is we have not seen a ton of turnovers from Liberty this year. But it's very tough to have your defense come in and make a stop when a team has that momentum coming off of, you know, being hyped, doing all the, the celebrations and stuff. I'm not going to sit here and shotgun Kool-Aid tonight because there's I don't think there's anything to shotgun. Uh, but there are some obvious issues that, that, as I mentioned, we saw last night. Now, we just had some great uh, stats on the screen for those who are watching live. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you like, subscribe. For those who are watching uh, in the future, please do the same. If you're listening, uh, we'll give you a quick rundown. In Liberty's College Football Power Index, currently 64th in the nation, slipped six spots, uh, probably due to last night, but 64 is still enough for us to be at the top of the Conference USA rankings, about 19 points, 21 points ahead of Western Kentucky, uh, putting Conference USA ninth overall. Uh, John, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Surprised? You know, should we have slipped a couple spots? Uh, what are your thoughts on the entire conference? Yeah, a lot of the computer rankings, including FPI, is kind of based on expected outcomes. Liberty was a, what, 14 and a half favorite. I think it slid up to 16 right before kickoff and, and winning by seven is expected to see your, your computer numbers drop slightly. So, so that's not surprising. Uh, WKU dropped by dropped two spots after their loss, which we'll talk about them uh, in their game against Jack state a little bit later. But uh, you know, that, that was an enter entertaining game went down to the, uh, to the end, but uh, a fun night. It's a fun night ongoing right now as we're currently speaking, recording live Wednesday night. Uh, with FIU and Sam Houston playing as well as New Mexico State and UTEP coming up later. But uh, I think, Richie, we also uh, opened it up to some, some voicemails, uh, and I think we got a couple. I, I don't know uh, if we want to play at least one of those now and and uh, get some reaction. I haven't heard the voicemail What's yet. What's up, so guys? Zach see. Green here. Good to be calling in. I just wanted to call and ask if you if you guys think at all that, that the, the defensive scheme is at all to blame for the lack of a pass rush. I know we've got we've had a lot of turnover on the defense. We've got some young guys out there. Kendi was out for a lot of the beginning of the season. Body's been out for the last few weeks. So those are probably the main reasons I would have to guess. But do you think at all that there's anything defensively in the scheme that contributes to there not being a great pass rush? Anyways, thanks guys. Go Flames! Flames over everybody. 
Well, first off, thank you for the call. Definitely check out Twitter. We put that number out uh, often. Uh, and as, as Bryman Hunter said, I think a big part of that, and I'm not going to pretend to know X's and O's and schemes like our man Kyle DeArmond, but that quarterback pressure piece is important. You know, we have great secondary play, but it's that it's those pieces up front. It was a question going in to the season. We know we had Kendy Charles was out for a little bit in the beginning, but he, he's starting to play again. He, I, I heard his name a little bit in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I think a big part of it, and Chad will mention it, is that conditioning, is the training. Because what do we call the fourth quarter, John? It's the Flames quarter. Get them LUs up, It's baby. the Flames quarter. Is it that I, I'm not even going to try to do it? I, too much going on. Uh, but it is good to know, like, hey, when the game is on the line, it's twice now. This this defensive group has made a stop when it's needed. Uh, so, John, I'm going to defer to you to the X's, and uh, the X's and O's of it. But I do think that, that the quarterback pressure and getting – uh, some 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 movement out of that that front seven is going to be a big part of it, and I do think that's really one of the team's weaknesses this year is the lack of, of being able to get pressure and and it, it's crazy to to think that because last year it was the team's strength. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we led the country in TFLs. Drell Johnson individually led the country in TFLs, and and of course he's he's with the Cowboys on their practice squad right now, and and a very talented player, but. Uh, there are other losses that we had uh, in the portal and into graduation and and uh, yeah, I think the injuries could you know Kendi and and body missing some time and body did get in briefly last night, but those guys are interior guys. They're not really the guys you're typically wanting to pressure the quarterback. Now anything mm-hmm. that they can do is, is an added bonus. Uh, but I think you know I think there's two main things, and I'll try to keep this quick because. I think we got another voicemail we want to get to after this, but I think two main things kind of play into it. Yes, the scheme does play into it a little bit. Uh, uh, we I don't think we do a ton of blitzing. Uh, we typically do three or four down linemen that that are coming after the quarterback, and last year that worked really well. Uh, this year we don't seem to have as many guys beating their their uh, linemen on in that one on one or even two on one coverage or blocking schemes. Uh, so I think that's part of it. And you got young guys, TJ Bush, a true freshman on one mm-hmm. side, CJ Bazile, uh, you know, he's a sophomore could technically be a red shirt freshman. He, he, uh, didn't play a ton last year. So almost two freshmen basically out there playing a ton of snaps on those in positions. So they should be getting better as the season goes on. We're now about into the back half of the schedule. So, uh, they should be getting better, but it's just more reps, um, you know, and it's been a bend but don't break defense too, and it's mm-hmm. worked so far. Uh, but I do think that's a big question mark going into this Western Kentucky game with Austin Reed and, and their passing yep. attack. Is we yep. we can't allow him to sit back there all day and be able to uh, to you know pick apart the defense. And the secondary has been playing lights out, even you know despite the fact of there not being much pressure, if any pressure, on the quarterback. So. Um, you, you, you know, I, I do think it, it's some scheme, but also some personnel and, and, and they'll get there. I, I'm not worried about it, but, um, anyways, let, let's get to voicemail too. Yes. Second question. This is, uh, same thing again. I was just curious. Did you all see anything wrong with that pot last night from back that made it basically be a, a 12, 13 yard punt, you know, kind of took an awkward bouncer there, but I didn't know if you all happened to see anything uh, up close and personal that would have called it to take that spin. 
So as a former punter myself, uh, there is a bit of luck that does go into it. The ball was not struck incredibly well. Um, however, the way it hit, and I'd have to go back and watch the replay again, you know, you get those punts that, that when it turns over, nose and it rolls. At the same time, you get those punts that nose and go backwards. Um, it's like if you're just a, a, an average golfer, you're not putting the spin on the ball, and you just hit it wrong, and next thing you know, it just it sticks and then comes back. Uh, it's just so much just the way the physics hits. Again, it was not an incredibly well-struck ball. It's tough punting around, uh, out of your own end zone. Um, but I don't think there were many other situations this year where I can remember him having a terrible punt. Uh, the fact that I don't know his full name off the top of my head probably is a good thing. Morgan? Is it Morgan? Yeah, it's, it's Max Morgan. Max so Morgan. It, Max Morgan. It, it, it yeah, is, I, there's a few positions that if you don't know their name, is a good thing. Your punter, exactly. your long snapper, yeah. your holder. Those are positions yeah. you, you don't really want to know their names. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Max has, uh, ha, has had a good season. Um, you know, he didn't have a great night last night. I think, you know, I, I can't remember if he had two or three punts. It wasn't a ton. But mm -hmm. it seemed like every one of his punts, the balls were taking bad bounces, bouncing backwards rather than getting the forward roll, which typically this season he's he's done a good job getting those forward rolls. So mm -hmm. uh, th that one punt that was, you know, 12 or 13 yards, uh, part of that was due to the bad bounce, the ball bouncing backwards 15 yards probably. But I think that ball only traveled, I don't know, 30 yards no, in the air, that if not, that. Not I mean, he, he didn't hit the ball well. I don't know if it, it went off the side of his foot or, or he misstepped as he was going into it. I don't know what happened exactly, but uh, it was just a bad night for him. Uh, I kind of chalked that up. You know, you have those type of nights, but, um, you know, that, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. He's been consistent throughout the year, so – you're allowed one a bad night, so we'll give it to him. Unfortunately, it did not cost the team. Absolutely. Uh, one one last thing for that: what people don't realize that uh, you know, on special teams, that special teams coach is giving you something to do. It's it, they're telling you like we need uh, we need a kick with a bunch of hang time to the left. You know that's where we're going to be bringing the pressure to the right, or we need a line drive. So things change. It's not the same. It's not just punt the ball as far as you can every single week. So there are stuff that is different. I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on in the locker room, in the special teams locker room. But uh, shout out Nick Brown. Hit all of his extra points yesterday. So uh, he's gotten uh, some nonsense online. So shout out to him. One got tipped. It is what it is. Again, if you are joining us this evening or if it's in the future, make sure you like, subscribe. It means a lot. It helps us out a bunch. It gets uh what we're saying and what we're doing spread out to more liberty fans across the country and across the world and we're actually able to take uh, a couple liberty fans both a player uh and a fan uh staff member turned announcer uh and they get to talk and chat with y'all each week about what happened so we are going to bring in mr jason porter and mr brendan schlittler Hello, gentlemen. Hey, B. John, are you live? We can see you, John. Brendan, Jason, how are we doing tonight? Good, how are you? Doing great.
Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Yep. Hey, Brendan, Jason, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, well. thanks. <laughs> Oops. Hey, Brendan, I'll tell you what, I'll start while John's working on some stuff. How about that? Uh, congrats on yeah, congrats on the big one last night, man. That was uh, that was really uh, really quite a um, quite a, a come from behind there. And anytime we get these uh, tale of two halves, I think uh, you can sort of call it that and chalk it up to that. I know you obviously don't walk around the locker room completely, but I would love to know what the discussions were at halftime because uh, Coach Chadwell was vocal coming off the field talking to uh, talking to Nick Pierce in the in the halftime interview going in. But uh, what kind of adjustments and what kind of things that you guys talk about at halftime last night? Yeah, as far as an offensive perspective, uh, it was just control the controllables and just stick with what we're doing. Obviously, got to clean a few things up, turnovers, but uh, offensive line just had to keep staying consistent and doing what they were doing no matter what happened with any other position. Um, made some adjustments offensively. To Obviously, they were going to make adjustments at halftime too. Um, defensively, got on the guys a little bit. Obviously, they've been super great in the fourth and he said we're a second half team. We know it's going to happen. We just got to make it go happen. So uh, he got on him for sure. I don't know. What he said the Nick, but uh, there was some words said. But he did a great job getting them boys adjusted. And Brendan, it seems like I mean, you know, almost every week this offensive line is just you know punishing these uh, uh, these opposing teams, these Conference USA opponents. Uh, last night there was multiple times where you know the running backs getting the ball, whoever the running back is, Quentin Cooley, Billy Lucas, James Joyner, Bedgood, Salter, whoever. Uh, and it's four or five yards before they're even greeted by a defender. Uh, you know, is that something you were seeing? Is it seemed like the, the offensive line is just getting a, a great push? And, and is that, you know, something that, you know, they've maybe taken a big step up in in terms of that type of production this season compared to the past few years? Yeah, there's no doubt that what they're doing right now hasn't happened in a while. And uh, I think from the public, the offensive line, uh, is perceived to be the reason the run game is great. And they're a huge reason that they are. Um, but our tight ends are blocking their butts off. That's that's another blocker in there. And if they get killed by a DN, the whole play is over. Uh, Bentley, Austin, all those guys are blocking their tails off right now. And that's a huge difference. Um, the way the running backs are running, James, Billy, you know, Cooley are all just toting the rock. Um, you, have a, you have guys like that that run like the way they do. That makes the line want to push a little harder. Um, so you have that. It's a huge combination, but they, they've been running their, they've been running really well, um, and I know they're so hungry for more. So uh, it'll be cool to see what we can finish out the season with and see how much better they continue to get. Yeah, Brandon, going in uh, seven and zero here is uh, just an incredible mark. I mean, I don't know that any of us could have been prophetic at the beginning of the season <clears throat> to think this, or certainly not speak it out loud, but. Uh, it's it's been an amazing start here. You talk about kind of the next man up in all the positions. That's always the, the typical cliche and stuff. But I want to take that one step further just a little bit and to just kind of get into some of the depth charts here with with different guys, especially when you get into this seven game mark, a little bit half uh, past halfway now. Injuries start to mount again. The old athletic trainer in me comes out a little bit. Um, how how much of this really do you get into the um, position by committee, next man up, but more importantly, just kind of the the team cheerleader by position where everybody's just, you know, pulling the same uh, way or rowing the same way, whatever you want to say. But um, what's the camaraderie like right now in the chemistry to just realize that, man, we're just, everybody's in it for the same thing. The way I see it is everyone's a puzzle piece and there's five pieces that fit together for a puzzle and it could be different pieces, but they're going to make the same picture every time. 
I think the most unique part about the offensive line group that we have this year is the versatility. There's guys, I don't think there's a single guy that can't play most positions. So you look at example, X Gadlin, that he can play all five positions. Uh, Jordan White can play middle three, but all the tackles can play both tackles. Um, it, they, they can switch around all they need to. So, you know, injuries happen, guys get tired, long drives, whatever, you know, something happens during the game. Um, they're not missing a beat and there's no tendencies on who, if who's in and what's happening. Like it's just been consistent the whole way through. Um, and they know it's going to be like that. And they're all good sports about their role. Well, for those watching uh, online or uh, you can see uh, Brendan's uh, got the RT Rogers hat going on and, and you can also see RT Rogers <laughs> oil company, uh, their, their uh, banner there on the bottom of the screen and, and telephone number. Uh, Brendan, tell, uh, tell everybody uh, who RT Rogers is and, and how to get in contact with them. Yes, sir. R.T. Rogers is an oil company based out of uh, southern West Virginia. Uh, their main area is uh, southwest Virginia and southeast West Virginia, selling fuel lubricants, tanks, and equipment. Uh, Greg Rogers, owner uh, from Liberty Liberty Grad and a little bit uh, a couple years ago, and uh, he does a great job uh, delivering to all states around West Virginia, and the link is below for any oil needs coming up with the winter. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Brendan. And, and thanks, uh, Mr. Rogers, for sponsoring uh, See You Red and this podcast and, and this uh, this this portion of the podcast. Uh, Brendan, uh, one cool play that, that we got to see on Billy Lucas's uh, touchdown run. Uh, we saw the walk on Rick Weaver come in and, and made a nice block and he just pile drived uh, whoever he was blocking and, and knocked him five yards into the end zone. Uh, give us a little bit of insight into into Rick, maybe a guy that. Uh, some Liberty fans might not be as familiar with uh, walk on uh, former wrestler. Uh, and now he's uh, kind of finishing up his college career on, on the gridiron. So this is a little bit of a long story. Uh, so Rick came to us, gosh, I think in the spring and um, his power, he's, he's a, like a really, really good wrestler. I'm pretty sure he's like a national contender for club sports and um, lost very few matches. So he's super strong. And super hard to block at times. And uh, we knew he was super powerful. So long story short, uh, the staff was like, this guy has something in him. We want to keep him. But you go into fall camp, uh, the numbers are crunching. You have to have a certain amount of guys each position. Um, they're playing logistical analytics stuff. And they're trying to figure out a way to get him on the team. So uh, Rick had to switch to offensive line for fall camp to stay on the team. So as you see, we see, you know, Gatlin and Graham pulling all the time. Well, Rick had to do that in practice. And he was knocking guys flat on their tail day after day. And um, so we knew that he could he could lay the boom. So we saw how Middle Tennessee structured the defense on the goal line. And the coaches are like, I think we got a shot to throw Rick in there. Like the way they, they structure it, we can uh, motion him in and have him blow up a small linebacker. So they figured it out. And first chance they got on the goal line, they let him do it and he smoked the dude. So that was a walk-in touchdown. He's, a, yeah. he's an awesome kid, though. I mean, he works his tail off and been a good sport since day one. I, I'm excited to see this uh, goal line package uh, continue to grow. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see a, a play designed to to throw a little jump pass to him or something like that. <laughs> get him in the end zone and catch the ball. But uh, no, that was that was fun to see and uh, Liberty kid through and through. And and uh, like you said, he uh, Liberty wrestler for most of his career and, and now is finishing up on the gridiron defensive lineman primarily. But uh, getting in some work. I didn't know he was 
doing some work with the offensive line during camp. But, uh, hey, Brendan, appreciate you uh, joining us as always. Congrats on uh, your part that you've done, even though not on the field. I know you've been a vital part to this team's uh, success so far this season, getting out to 7-0. and And, and uh, hopefully we can get Western this week and get to 8-0. Thanks, thanks, man, for joining us. Amen. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Thanks, Steve. Well, Jason, uh, tell me a little bit about HOAs. How can they uh, affect investment properties? Yeah, great question. One of the things that we have to do, uh, running numbers, speaking of analytics, but on the real estate side of things, whenever we've got investors, we always want to take a look at uh, how those numbers work on your returns. And uh, specifically in HOAs, a lot of people choose to do townhouses or something along those lines. It's an easy entry point into um, investment properties. And so one of the things that you want to look at is what the HOA is for that property. The HOA makes a lot of sense sometimes because it, uh, go, it, it rolls in some of your expenses with water, uh, maintenance, uh, certainly like uh, landscaping, things along those lines. So while the HOA can be a benefit, it also cuts into your ROI every month, your return um, um, uh, on investment. And so whether the HOA is 90 bucks or 150 bucks or more, sometimes depending on where you are, you need to factor that into investment properties in your overall equation. That's something that we navigate all the time. And I've uh, got a variety of HOAs around the Lynchburg area here, as probably a lot of our listeners do in their real estate markets. But something worth keeping in mind when you're looking at the at the bottom line for an investment property. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate your uh, your support of Liberty Athletics as a whole, but also a, a sea of red and, and this podcast. And uh, look forward to listening to you on, uh, on the call with uh, AY there in the future as well. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, John. Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasting serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, where you can enjoy their craft roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it will be directly shipped to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the capital of the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at one of the two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the O'Rourke family, are proud Flames Club members and season ticket holders. Now they're pleased to sponsor the podcast from CRA. Hop over to www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get your Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. What's up, guys? It's Zach, and I'm hyped to be on the ASOR pod live for the first time all season to give you all the Liberty Athletics recap. Let's get right into it. Women's soccer went 2-0 last week, defeating Jacksonville State 2-1 and UTEP 2-1. They will face Western Kentucky at home this Saturday. The Lady Flames are 13-1-1 on the year, 4-1-1 in conference play, and are second currently in the Conference USA standings. Men's soccer also went undefeated. They went 1-0-1 on the week, defeating Eastern Illinois in their first shutout victory of the year, beating them 4-0, and they tied Southern Indiana 1-1. They will host Lindenwood on Thursday and Incarnate Word on Sunday. For their final two home games. They are currently 8-4-1 overall, 3-2-1 in the OVC, and they are third in the conference. Volleyball finished 2-0 last week, sweeping Jacksonville State, who improved at 10-10 overall and 3-5 in Conference USA play. They will return home to face FIU this Friday and Saturday. Field hockey, they're still on the best start in school history. They are defeating, now Richie can correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but Quinnipiac, Two to one and that school from Harrisonburg, three to two last week. They're 14 and one, five and oh in Big East play. Already clinched a spot in the Big East Championship Tournament. They will face conference rival UConn Friday night for their final home game. Both cross-country teams 
Um, finished 20th overall at the pre-national meet up at UVA this past weekend. Um, Adeline Fairley had an impressive finish, placing 16th overall. And they will both compete in the Conference USA Championship meet next weekend in Bowling Green, Kentucky. The men's 8K will start at Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And the women's 6K will begin at 11 a.m. And obviously, last but certainly not least, Football defeated Middle Tennessee last night, 42-35, to to improve to 7-0 on the year. They're going to face preseason Conference USA favorite Western Kentucky next Tuesday in Bowling Green. Check this out. Football 7-0, men's soccer is 8-4-1, women's soccer is 13-1-1, volleyball is 10-10, field hockey is 14-1. That's an overall record of 52-23-2. Liberty Athletics, I mean, you can't watch a better program in Virginia right now. Overall, athletics-wise, it's it's fun to watch, and that's all for your Liberty Sports Recap. Well, well, well. It's How are we time doing? to talk. How am I doing? Did you see my record last week? Did you see sure my record did. last week? I sure did. Absolute. Last year, Richie Longshot's bad days. He's not good at gambling. Why would anyone tune into a podcast to listen to a guy that doesn't know about gambling? I kept all the receipts like Coach Prime, and your boy is having a banner season. Tune into any Barstool Gambling podcast. And I, lo- I love all those guys, they, but they're just not good at gambling. I'm not saying I'm good at gambling. I'm just saying right now, this year, with these picks, I'm good at gambling. So I'm going to enjoy yeah. my Kool-Aid. I'm not going to call anyone out individually, but I know who you are. I know the people that were, were, were chirping me in the comments and saying stuff in Twitter messages. I know it. I'm there. I heard it all. I see it all. And CT, what a great week you did. Game recognizes game. Good things happen to good people. Fill us in with how you did. Yeah, I mean – we're going to focus on uh, this next week as well. But, I mean, four and one, I was really happy with it. We did great all around. Rutgers, I mean, if they didn't let Michigan State score 24, I could have been uh, five and oh. Um, but, oh, well, Jam Ufe didn't work. That's disappointing. I'm not counting that on my record. Um, we tried, but nothing could be done. So, And that's okay. Sometimes you got to have a good fade. Um, try to change the juju up. It is what it is. Uh a lot of the games I told you I liked, I liked all of them. Some of them, I, you know, I actually bet on some of them, and they mm-hmm. worked out well. The Washington was an absolute, absolute game of game of the year potential. Uh, lived up to the billing. Penix, I told you, Penix was my guy. I said this week one. I was like, Penix is the mm-hmm. dude. I, I have to go back and I look last year, but he is going to be an absolute baller for them, and they're in the driver's seat to go to the college football playoffs, which is crazy to see. Notre Dame, yeah, not Pac-12 is still going to beat up on themselves, so I'm a little nervous for them. Um, especially, I, I feel like you don't want to be the Heisman favorite in mid-October, um, but he definitely looks the real deal for sure. Speaking of Heisman, USC, turns out, might actually stink. Uh, you were on the right side maybe, there. That maybe. was a blowout. It was yeah, ugly. that was unreal. But no, poor no. guy, hate to see it. But we're on to a new week. Uh, you're going to try to keep the momentum going. 
I already lost. Yep. Yep. We already both lost the Liberty game uh, for last week, but that's okay. Sometimes yep. uh, you got to learn how to lose before you can win. So what do you got for us this week? You might want to tail this guy because he's hot. Yeah, yeah, tell both of us, and uh, yeah. hopefully hopefully it goes well. Um, so, yeah, we'll jump right into it. First of all, Air Force at Navy. Um, great game, great service academy game. Um, mm-hmm. Air Force, really good. Maybe one of our top G5 competitors right now. Yep. Um, but ultimately, Air Force, their 11-point favorites, total is at 37.5. It is dropping as well. I think it's already below that, but um, can't make the graphics live on air or anything like that. So I got 37.5. Um, basically just, just to jump in real quick, service. yeah, Air yeah. Force's quarterback is hurt out for a while. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the backup did win them big... the game at the end of the game, but it, it mm-hmm. does see, does seem like a drop off. We've talked about before service academies, two touchdowns, things like that. We're not there yet, but when service academies play each other, always, always, always mm-hmm. take the under. It doesn't matter the number, take the under. Um, so that's what we're doing there. Next game, we're going uh, Memphis at UAB. We're jumping back on the UAB fade band uh, bandwagon. I, I said at the beginning of the season that I was going to fade them often, and I am, and I'm going to keep on doing it. Memphis has way too much talent um, to they, – they're going to win this game by at least two touchdowns. I don't think you exactly. Tennessee at Alabama. This should be a really good one. Two teams that have taken steps back from last year. Um, I faded Tennessee a couple times. I had Florida Moneyline a few weeks ago. That was great. Um, and I think this is another spot to fade them. Joe, Joe Milton is not it at quarterback. Um, of course, Alabama has their struggles, but um, they're still a step above Tennessee this year, and they're probably going to want some revenge after that insane game last year. Um, as well, when you have two ranked teams, um, the home team is higher ranked, but they're a single-digit favorite that hits at 72% that, um, on, the, on the spread. So I'm taking Alabama with the points. And that number is moving in my favor as well. Next one, uh, Duke at Florida State. Another really good game, really out of nowhere. Um, I, I don't know Riley Leonard's status in this one, so that, that's a question mark. Um, and Florida State, they're two touchdown favorites, total at 49. I'm taking the under. Um, one, Duke has a good run defense. When Florida State has played teams that have a good run defense, they have struggled a little bit. They've looked great all season, but the couple times, like think Boston College, when there was a good run defense, they struggled. And then Duke as well. Uh, again, if they don't have Riley Leonard, I think that's going to be difficult for them. Finally, another stat, when you have two ranked teams, uh, but the home team is a double-digit favorite, uh, the under hits 73% of the time. And then moving on, I know you said, is USC garbage? I take <laughs> I'm nervous, but I'm taking them. They are seven-point favorites at home against Utah. Um, now, granted, I don't know the status of Cam Rising. Um, regardless, if he's playing, I don't care if he's playing. I don't care if he's not. This number is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. After USC has looked for the past three or four weeks. Compared to how Utah has looked, and then especially the USC-Notre uh, Dame, Notre Dame game, I don't know how USC is seven-point favorites. I'm going to lay it because it makes no sense. I am yeah, sure some, you got a having, zag. Yeah. If it makes no sense, it makes no sense for a reason. It makes exactly. it doesn't make so much sense that it makes sense. I am terrified about having to lay seven points with their defense. 
along with the camera or not um how am i completely blanking right now on their caleb williams Williams, gosh caleb williams wants to own an nfl team so i'm terrified about that as well but give me usc minus seven and we'll just say a prayer that it hits and then finally i just threw together a little bonus money line parlay let's just have some fun with it uh this week um, I was going to do another JMU fade, but uh, we're, we're going to stay away from that. Um, hopefully, we can have better luck elsewhere. So um, we got six teams in this one. Ohio State, I was nervous to lay the points with them. I do think they win um, in that game, so I'm putting them money line in the parlay. Memphis, we touched on them. West Virginia, they're playing against Oklahoma State. West Virginia has an amazing run attack, rushing attack. No yep. Big 12 team has any defense to stop a rushing attack. Give me West Virginia, uh, Bama. We hit on that. San Diego State, they're playing Nevada. Nevada's on like mm-hmm. a 17-game losing streak. Give me San Diego State. And then UCLA is playing against Stanford. No way Stanford gets two upsets in a row after that crazy win. Put all those together, you got a nice little plus 500 parlay. I love it. Uh, West Virginia, Neil Brown saved his job. Everyone thought he'd be donezo uh, by October. But shout out to him. Good for him turning that program around. All right. Uh, we have our, and you can see our records from last week. Good week for everyone. Everyone went above everyone. 500. Yep. John, right in the ship, six and three, turning it back. Yes, eight and one, not a big deal. Uh, there's room for improvement. But our guest picker, uh, Colby, went five and four, which leads us to our new guest picker of the week. And you can see our records for the week. Yep. Yeah, Richie, you're, you're flying above the rest of us, plus 13 units. Absolutely incredible. Um, John and I, we're just hoping to get in the green for the season at this point. Well, there's a lot of, lot of time left, and I have yeah, not gotten yeah. off to a good start this week with uh, the games going on now and last night. But we have our guest picker. You can see our guest picker standings right now. We got Sam Stone in first. Colby slipped into uh, second place when you look at the amount of units going five and four. Uh, and we're going to bring on a man you just heard, a man you hear every week, and that is Zeke. Zach, call him whatever you want to call him. Uh, Mr. 71 and under 71 uh, to give us uh, his picks uh, this week. Now, there's three games going on now, so there's really not much for us to talk about other than the fact that uh, FIU is up seven. Uh, Sam Houston's got the ball, so I think we could probably jump in and start with uh, the team everyone's afraid to talk about. Yeah. What's up, guys? How you doing? I got oh, great, Zeke. Sorry, I just bar- just rolled right past you. <laughs> Oh, no. No problem at all. I took FIU plus 5-5 in this game. Honestly, the big reason for that was I need them to win four games so their season over hits. Um, but also, they are 2-1 and one against the spread as a road underdog this year. They seem to play better on the road. And, I mean, they're up seven right now in the four. So, um, hopefully they can hold on there for the win. I, I have no idea what I was thinking picking the under for the Liberty game. But, I have Liberty money line. That's all that matters. But we all make mistakes. There you go. That yeah, was that a big was, one. That was yeah. that was dead at half. But it is what it is. You live and you learn. Uh, and CT, you, you mentioned you were you were fading yep. JMU last yep. week. Yep. It's yep. not yep. a lock, but you're fading it this week. Yeah, exactly. So um, it didn't work in the lock. So I figured, why not here? Um, I also saw all y'all on Marshall. I would have been on Marshall, but we can't have all of us on Marshall in that situation. That would not be good at all. So I'm taking another one for the team. I'm taking JMU to win again. 
There's no way they lose. There's no way they don't go 7-0. They're the best team in the country. So give me JMU money line. How, how can you argue with that logic? Uh, we are. We heard your thoughts, CT, already on Air Force minus 11. Uh, Zeke and I were on the same page. What are you feeling with uh, that? It's not, not pretty. Anytime you got an over-under in the 30s, and there's a couple this week. Uh, Zeke, what, what are you feeling about this, uh, this troop, the, one of the troop balls? I was this close to picking – taking Navy with the points. Uh, fun fact, the first college game I actually went to was a Navy game. Uncle was a grad oh. there. So I uh, I always root for the middies if I can. But like like CT said earlier, when it's two service academies, triple option going against each other, you got to take the under. I think there's like 16-mile-per-hour winds, too. <laughs> like the weather isn't really looking great. So I, I I just can't see a lot of points. It's They know each other well. It's a rivalry game. Um, and Navy struggles to score. I mean, they won last week 14 nothing, but they scored 14 points against Charlotte. So I think this could be like a – and I didn't even know, Richie, until you said it, that um, Air Force was without their quarterback. So that makes mm-hmm. me even more confident in it. I think it will be a low-scoring game and probably – I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Navy covers too. Yeah, yeah I, I say as well, just to add, uh, Air Force in their last six games at Navy – they're one and five against the spread. Hmm. So good little tidbit there. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is what people are here for. The tidbits. Everyone loves a good <laughs> tidbit. Uh, we have. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything. It's gonna get me canceled for this one. We have Penn State, Ohio State. <laughs> I had something I was gonna say. I'm not gonna say it. Uh, Penn State against Ohio State. James Franklin's like one in nine or one in eight against teams in the top ten. Um. Cool, you just beat UMass by 63. Uh, I don't think Ohio State is the fourth. What's their? I don't think they're the third best team in the country, but I do think it, it's at Ohio State. That place is going to be absolutely rocking. I just can't, I just can't fathom James Franklin winning a big game like this. <laughs> I I will say, I can see a world where Ohio State wins, but Penn State covers. Like it's like a three point game or something like that. What what just happened? Touchdown, Sam Houston State. Let's go. Uh, there we go. Let's go. We need that. Live. We need that. This is, this Again, is what we're, we're another rolling. line that makes absolutely no sense. Why is no. Sam Houston favored by five and a half points? Nope. Like, nope. Absolutely. I, I could go down with the ship. It didn't go well last week, but th- there's no world they should be favored <laughs> by that many points. No. They're 0 6. Anyways, they like to find ways to lose. I still have hope. Falls yeah. up. Uh, Zeke, you're in on State Penn. Whoops, minus four and a half. Big, big fan of the Nittany Lions and everything that comes with that. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, honestly, I I agree with CT. This is the re- well. First of all, I the main reason I did this was because, you know, I, I'd like to be at the top of the standing. So you gotta you gotta pick a little different than the rest of the group each week. And, you know, I think Penn State has a really good team this year. Um, I like their quarterback more than Ohio State, Aller over McCord. Um, I think they're really solid overall, both teams, and it's just going to be one of those games that's, like, down to the wire. And like CT said, I could really see Ohio State winning, and I would probably lean Ohio State if I had to take a money line, but Penn State covering with, like, a field goal difference. They're 6-0 and against the spread this year. I mean, hard to go against that, but – it's on the road, um, in a in the horseshoe. I got it. It's a long shot, but you know I, I'm I'm going for it. 
And, and I will say as well, like for myself, I actually I have Penn State futures um, to make the playoffs to win the Big Ten. Um, oh, wow. I, I know that doesn't make you happy, Richie, but um, I I said before the season what was going to happen was Ohio State would beat Penn State, Penn State would beat Michigan, and then Michigan would beat Ohio State, um, and they just kind of circled the wagons there. I, and, and, and I and Iowa just storms into Indianapolis uh, <laughs> as the Big Ten West champion. You can't. It, it would make too much sense this year, but no, I could see them. Uh, definitely splitting and having that that nightmare scenario of, yeah, yeah. of all the the big 10 east uh but no penn state's good this year uh, i'm not going to sit here and be a complete hater but i just you know can they win that big game their schedule has been kind of soft this year uh yeah they they did beat iowa great not super impressed uh put up a lot up, of points in iowa too they did they did i'll give them that uh next up we got lane versus hugh freeze <laughs> this this is going to be good. I don't know how this is all going to unfold, but I know that some coach is going to say something or do something during the game that's going to get everyone talking about on Twitter. Uh, I don't know what time this game is, but it is important. Is it a, it's appointment viewing? Uh, I think someone's going to try to run the score up on the other uh, in in some way, whether it's uh, all Miss up big and they just keep scoring. Or Auburn keeps trying to score even when they're down big. Something's gonna happen. Every time I, I pick a game like this, and this is my rationale, the under hits. So I totally get where you're coming from, Zeke. I just have tiny little bird brain when it comes to games like this. Like you give me Saban Kiffin, I in my head, I'm like over, over, over. Kiffin freeze, over, over, over. It's gonna be 14 to three going into the fourth quarter. So don't listen to me for this one. Listen to them. So what do you got? Z, go ahead. Well, this this one was tough for me because, like you said, I mean, Kiffin and Freeze, the, the battle on Twitter could very well be better than the battle yes. on the field. But um, the Jimmy I, I like the ball. under. <laughs> I like the under because it's hit in all Ole Miss row games this year. There's only been two. But they've scored 30 total points in their row games, which is less than their total in every home game this year except for one. And then Auburn, I mean – They've struggled to score a lot this year. Like, the quarterback play hasn't been all too great. Um, and I know it's at Auburn, and I think it's going to be a, a good close game. But I, I think the under hits, that number is a little high for me. But if the over hits, I would not be shocked at all. Absolutely. And for me, I mean, I first of all, I was going to say that exact stat uh, about Ole Miss on the road um, these games. Um, as well, we know – We've seen we've seen Hugh Freeze in these big games. We saw it with Georgia as well. One, he's going to play that game close to the fourth quarter. He's going to try to keep that game as close as possible. Have it be a one-score game, um, as well. I, how many points can Auburn score? Just in general, like regardless of their game plan, how many points can they score? Um, so all those factors together, I the over could hit, but I think it's really something that. It, everything would have to go right for that over to hit. So I'm on that. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm throwing the analytics out the book this year. I'm just going with hard <laughs> and what my, my my tiny little bird brain says. Uh, last game, we we, we, yeah. we talked about it a little bit already. Uh, USC, Utah. Last year, these teams faced off in the Pac-12 championship game, and I just looked it up. Utah hung 47 on them. 
this is a guy, this could very well be a get right game for both teams that are trying to make that push to get into the Pac-12 championship game that, that they both know that, hey, another loss and the season's done. They can sneak into the Pac-12 championship game with one loss. Uh, so I think it's just both teams are going to just go for it. No rhyme or reason. Yeah, USC has a terrible offense, but they have a really uh, terrible defense, but they have a really good offense. So I lean over. Why not? Why not over? It's an over kind of weekend. That's how I'm feeling. I'm with you on the over. Um, I think every time you see a USC game, you probably should bet the over. Mm-hmm. Um, they it's hit in every one of their games this year except one, and it's kind of they're facing the polar opposite because Utah the under has hit in every game except one. Mm-hmm. But the way I see it is uh, USC's defense is so bad that I think Utah is going to put up points even though their offense has been pretty bad at times this year. And then USC, they kind of got shut down last week in Notre Dame, and I just can't see that happening again. Also, they're going to want to make a statement. And, uh, I mean, let's be honest, they they lost to Utah twice last year. They ruined their shot at a Pac-12 and college football mm-hmm. playoff. So they're going to want to hang some points on them. They're at home. I'd be shocked if the over doesn't hit. But um, I, I've been – wrong a lot i mean i picked the under for the middle tennessee liberty game so um who knows but i i really like the over in this one it's okay it's only gambling it's only money you get more every two weeks uh or on the 15th and 30th depending on uh how your work handles all of that but before yeah yeah uh after these games uh on saturday we have a game of our own it's the game of the year uh i don't think anyone is going to sit here and pretend like it's not. This is the game that has been circled. Uh, and we are going into it 7-0. And, and we are going to bring in our main man, John Manson, uh, to chat. John, unmute yourself. Uh, to chat about Tuesday, Liberty, 7-0, and Western Kentucky, coming off a loss, which I didn't watch because I was just so tired after the last night. I went, I'm going to bed. I don't care what happens in this game. It makes, it makes no bit of difference. Uh, and there's a lot on the line. We have... Uh, uh, pretty much winner of this game is going to host the conference championship game. Yes, there's some other pieces that come, so don't start tweeting at me and complaining. Like, no, likely whoever wins this game is going to be hosting that conference championship game in in, in December. Uh, and Western Kentucky has a high profile offense. And if you are watching live, you can see on the screen they are led by one of the best quarterbacks in G5, and that is Austin Reed. They air it out. They sling it. They're averaging 30 points a game. Uh, have some defensive, some issues, giving up just under 28 points a game. But, uh, John, give us a little breakdown of Western Kentucky. Uh, talk about them on both sides of the ball. What can we expect to see uh, from them Tuesday night? Well, I mean, it, it definitely is. You you kind of hit it there, Richie. It's, it's the game of the season. This is the game we've been looking forward to all season dating back to the summer uh the top two preseason choices by everybody in uh in conference usa this year uh western kentucky the preseason favorite by everybody uh this year and and rightfully so they had a lot of uh returning pieces and and uh you know led obviously by by reed and and uh looking at what middle tennessee just did to this liberty defense it definitely gives you uh, some pause, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, if Vadiato can uh, can throw for three hundred some odd yards, uh, what's gonna what's uh, Reed gonna do uh, Tuesday night at home 
so, so I am concerned about that. I'm concerned about the lack of a, a pass rush, like we talked about earlier, that uh, the Flames have had so far this season. They, they need uh, some form of, of a pass rush uh, a Tuesday uh, in Bowling Green. But, uh, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting, and, and I want to ask you about this, CT, is what do you think about uh, them getting that loss to Jacksonville State uh, last night and, you know, lost by field goal on the road uh, late in the game? You know, I think that was the last play of the game. I, I, I wasn't watching it live, obviously, at, at the Liberty game. But, um, you know, wh- how does that play into this game? I mean, is it better to, to face a, a team coming off a win? Does this loss give – WKU a little bit of of added motivation. I mean, do they need added motivation? I mean, this game is is a game both teams have had circle on their calendars uh, all year, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I I will say, like, I will take any time they lose. That helps us in, in some regard, just in the overall standings. So that's a plus. But I honestly was rooting for them to win last night, and it's for that exact reason. Of course, they've had this game circled on their calendar. Um, just like we have, but at the same time, they're going to have a little extra something uh, in every single one of their practices this week. They're going to have a little extra something because of that result, because of that loss. And they're going to come into this game even more fired up. So I would much rather have them coming into a game where they're have a little bit of a wedding streak. They're get, feeling a little bit confident about themselves. I think that's what happened to Jacksonville State when we played them. Um, they had kind of a lot of confidence. Things were going well for them, and then it fell off. And then they bounced back after their loss. Um, so it definitely makes me nervous that they lost. I would rather them be coming off a win. But ultimately, as you said, both teams have had this circled on their calendar um, since last summer, um, and it's just going to be an amazing game all around. Yeah, I'm not totally shocked that both teams struggled last night because um, it. Mm-hmm. It, it, you could you could sit there and pretend like it wasn't, but it was clearly a trap game for for both teams. Jacksonville State obviously a little bit better, the Middle Tennessee State, but big time trap game where both teams knew that this this upcoming Tuesday is the first of what's probably going to be uh, two matchups against them. Uh, one of the things that is new to us, it's new to conference play, is you're getting every team's best game. Uh, so Zeke. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you think last night and some of the other games we've had are our teams getting up for Liberty? Uh, obviously, again, I'm not going to pretend like we, you know, we didn't play well, but with conference play, we're not going to see teams just roll over. We're going to get teams' best shots every week. Uh, and what are your thoughts so far with, with conference play and just getting to enjoy that as a fan uh, of Liberty? Oh, 100%. I mean, like you mentioned, we were one of – we were the second favorite in the preseason, so, of course, teams are going to – give us their best shot and being in a conference the games mean so much more because you can come into the season conference play 0 and 4 and you don't have a loss in conference play and you can still make a special season out of it um I, I don't know and it makes it more fun as a fan because a game against middle Tennessee in the middle of the year now means a whole lot more than it did when we faced them in 2021 even though that was mm-hmm. a homecoming game um I don't as for last night, I think it was definitely a little extra added motivation just because Middle Tennessee, they can only lose one more game to still be bowl eligible. Um, now they have to win out to do that. And they had a tough non-conference schedule mm-hmm. facing Bama and Missouri, but I think they were playing for their bowl eligibility last night. And, you know, you get a win over Liberty, 
you still have one loss to spare. You're feeling pretty good about yourself um, the rest of the way. And they played really well last night, but I don't know. We're definitely going to get every team's best shot, and um, conference play just makes it so much more fun. Um, just every week means so much more. And now it's to host. I mean, we could very well host this uh, championship game, especially if we win next Tuesday. I mean, I don't want to say it's guaranteed, but it's looking pretty nice. No, great point, Zeke. And and in a win uh, Tuesday by Liberty over WKU, not only gives Liberty a two game lead on Western Kentucky, but really it's a three game lead because because now the Flames have that head to head tiebreaker, and and with only two games left in in conference play for Liberty after that game, they've already clinched over WKU as far as hosting. And and I'll go as far as to say that a win by Liberty uh, at Western Kentucky all but guarantees not only Liberty will be in the conference championship game, but they'll be the host because like I just said, Western Kentucky is not going to surpass the flames anymore. The only team you have to worry about is New Mexico state. Liberty's already got one game lead on them and has the tiebreaker against uh, the Aggies who, who will be playing later tonight against UTEP in a tough game. And then, uh, New Mexico State still has to play Western Kentucky. So they got a lot of tough games uh, still ahead of them. So I expect them to lose at least one more game, if not two. So, um, you know, that that game Tuesday in Bowling Green is not only for bragging rights, not only to remain unbeaten, but it's to all but lock up a home game in the conference championship game. Can you imagine that Friday night, December 1st? Liberty in the first year in the FBS conference getting to play at home for uh, a national, not a national championship, a conference championship. Uh, I get ahead of myself with a national championship talk, but a conference championship. That's, board. that's next year. We are on the board. We are on the board. Circa had us on the board, not to interrupt, but when, when I saw that today, <laughs> I'm like, we're on the board. <laughs> not many, not many teams are on the board. What, those what was there no like 14 people about. on the board? 14 yeah. teams? So Something like Circa, that? Circa put out their most updated uh, college football national championship odds. And yes, obviously, uh, I am in no way, shape, or form saying that I think Liberty is going to win the national championship. Uh, however, they did not put all 133 FBS teams on that thing. There are they 26 teams. There are 26 teams on the board. Thanks, Producer 3000. And Liberty's the only one from the Commonwealth of Virginia on the yeah. board. Yes. Uh, it doesn't help that one team is ineligible. Marshall probably can't. Um, Liberty's odds, I think we're 5,000 to one, or was it 50,000 50, to one? I think it's 50,000 to one, but I don't know. 50,000 to one. You just yeah. put a little, a little sprinkle on it. See what happens. I'm not going to do it because I don't think that's, that's where my next paycheck's winning. going. Yeah. <laughs> Student <laughs> loan's what, gone. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Snap. A uh, little Thanos action. Uh, but no, I, I would never bet that because I don't think I would survive a college football playoff win. Like, that'd be it for me. I'm not coming <laughs> back from that. Like, we have to need some good doctors uh, to revive me. A little bit of Lazarus. I was the guy that raised in the Bible, right? Yes. yes I'd have to get Lazarus. I'd have yeah. to get Lazarus if we ever won a college football playoff game. Uh, so, no, I'm not going to bet it. But it is cool to see. We're in the hunt. Uh, Producer 3000, do we have the Conference USA standings? 
I didn't see that graphic on there, but Liberty's the only one uh, under, unbeaten in conference play right now at 5-0. Yep, the, uh, the path is there. Yep, the path is there. Uh, New Mexico State has one loss. Jacksonville State has one loss. But, again, they're ineligible for the conference championship game and eligible for yep. a bowl game. And then uh, – so you got three teams with one loss, Jacksonville State, New Mexico State, and uh, – oh, here you go. Uh, Jacksonville there, State, New there. Mexico State, and uh, Western Kentucky all with one loss. And, and the rest of the teams are, are pretty much eliminated. I mean, they just can't – you know, that too big of a hole to dig out of. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, Liberty's in a great shot. And, uh, you know, CT, what do you think about that? You think, um, uh, I guess, how much how much does this game Tuesday play an impact into Liberty's chances to not just host that game, but to, uh, to, to just be in the game, in the conference championship game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in reality, I would say that to be, to just be in the game, this game, one doesn't have as much significance anymore. If we win, we'll be in it. But realistic, we only realistically we only need to win one out of the last three to be in it. Most likely, we hold the tiebreaker over New Mexico State. Um, they're going to lose again, so they'll have two losses. We would have two losses if we only won one out of the last three, and then we'd have a win over Louisiana Tech or UTEP. So if they somehow won out or something, then we'd still be good. So we only need to one win one out of the last three. Um, but this one, as we've already said, really massive for home field advantage, uh, which I think will be crucial in that game. Not many conferences have that in their conference championship. Um, we also, I haven't seen the odds for the game yet, but I do know that we are the odds on favorite at this point to win the conference. Um, it was Western Kentucky um, before the season, and now we are the odds on favorite. So um, I really like that. The one thing I will say is it's, we talk about it a lot in college basketball, but it's tough to beat a really good team twice. So on one hand, winning this game, we get home field advantage. That's great. But then we have to play them and beat them again. Um, whereas if we somehow do lose, okay, then maybe that bodes well for us, even though we're on the road. So no matter what, I think we're in great shape. Um, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I really, really like our chances. Yeah. If you said in, in, August that we'd be seven and zero right now. It's Chadwell's first year. You know, people online are like the defense was terrible. This was still his first year. We're seven and zero. Like I, I would take I would take five and two right now and be thrilled with, with how this season uh, is going. We got a question on the screen, John. I'm going to pass that one over to you because uh, I'm pretty sure he's hurt. Yeah, yeah. Mark is asking, uh, when is Liberty going to add Reese Smith from uh, West Virginia transfer wide receiver? Uh, Reese is on the team. He uh, unfortunately suffered a season-ending knee injury uh, during the, their summer. I think it was in July. Uh, he, he's lost for the year, unfortunately. And that's a big loss. I mean, I think we've kind of forgotten about it a little bit. Um, but, but I thought he was going to be probably the team's uh, leading receiver as far as targets and receptions and, and possibly yards, uh, but he's out for the year. And and uh, but but what about the play of C.J. Daniels? I mean, Zeke, what do you think about uh, his play? He's really uh, kind of taking that next leap and and uh, could be the next. Uh, am I going too far to say he could be the next NFL wide receiver to come out of Liberty? I don't think that's going too far. I mean, he's got all the ability, in my opinion, to be an NFL caliber wide receiver, but. He's been huge because, I mean, we were kind of worried. Um, a lot of a lot of Twitter users were worried about the depth of wide receiver um, coming into this year. But, I mean, 
I'm not really worried about that anymore. The emergence of him and Trayon Sibley and others have been huge. And um, game-winning touchdown last night proved to be the game winner. And then obviously that huge game against New Mexico State, um, it really gives us a deep threat. And he also has the ability to kind of take a slant to the house. Like he just has that kind of like unique ability to do a little bit of everything in the wide receiver room. And I mean, oh my goodness, against Sam Houston State, he made some unbelievable catches that I was like, there's no way he got a foot down or there's no way he maintained possession. Then you look at the replay and it's like, oh, dang, he did. Um, I mean, he's just been huge for us. So um, it's been uh, great to see. It gives us um, something on – a little something extra than the run game, which is which is awesome. No. Uh, so shifting gears real quick, we have a comment uh, up on the screen about the, the defense struggling. Uh, and everyone said it was a – tough week of practice uh i had heard the same thing before sam houston state so i think this very well could be a wake up and coach chattel said hey we need to practice better and now it's not it was not just a fluke against sam houston state two weeks of below average practice and now we're in that all right this happened twice now we have this tuesday coming up this is the one that we have circled um i'm excited to hear how this team responds, how they get back into the groove of, of practicing well, um, because heard great things before Jacksonville State, and now we uh, keep it moving. So, oh, that was an interesting comment. Where'd that go? Oh, he got rid of it. Producer 3000 hit us uh, with a little <laughs> tease. But, uh, gentlemen, any other thoughts about last night's game, about this upcoming Tuesday? Let's finish off with maybe some predictions. CT, start us off. I'm glad we won. I'm really glad we won. Ultimately, when you can win those close games, because everybody's going to have games like that. You can't get around it. You just have to win them. And we're doing that, and we're doing it in season one with Chadwell. And I, I can't believe it. I'm thrilled with it. Um, it's amazing. We easily could be five and two right now, and I, I would be happy, just like you said, Richie. Um, prediction for the game: um, I still think it will be high scoring. I mean, it's it is really tough to stop this Western Kentucky offense. I am really curious to see what the total is going to be, um, but I'm going to say uh, forty to twenty-eight in favor of the Flames. Oh, Zeke. I agree with you, CT. I mean, at this point, we just got to win. And I was happy to come out um, last night with the W. Um, like like you said, I mean, we had over 50% roster turnover last year, new head coaching change. And to be 7-0 and is incredible. I don't care what the strength of schedule is. This is an FBS conference, FBS schools. Um, for the Western Kentucky game, I mean, this is the one we've all had circling our calendars, been waiting for. It's a very interesting matchup to me because Middle Tennessee did do very well um, against our defense passing the ball, and that's what Western Kentucky likes to do. However, at the same time, I think we can do what we do best against them. They're 128th in the country in total defense. They're allowing over 203 rushing yards per game and over 436 yards per game. And here's just a fun stat I found. Austin Reed has thrown 142 more passing attempts than Caden Salter. But Caden Salter has 85 rushing attempts on the year, which is 42 more carries than Western Kentucky's top rusher. So basically, they're just going to pass the ball, and we like to run the ball all the time. And we've been able to assert our dominance, control the time of possession doing that. And I think that's the key to the game. we got to continue to control the clock, run well, 
And like we mentioned earlier, if we can get pressure on the quarterback, I, I trust our secondary to lock him down. But if we can get pressure on Reed, help him make mistake, mistakes, I think we can pull it off. My, I'd say my prediction, it's going to be a barn burner for sure. Um, go 48-41 Liberty. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, at this point, it's hard to to not predict the Flames uh, to, to to win, right? I mean, they found a way to do it, 7-0, uh, whether it's been a blowout or, or a close game, and, and that's what's happened so far. So uh, I can't not pick the Flames at this point in time. So so uh, now I, I reserve the right to, to, to change my score prediction based on what I'm saying because we're, we're still less than 24 hours from the last game. But I'll go with uh, Liberty 35, Western Kentucky 31, uh, in, in a great game, Bowling Green, uh, I'll be there looking forward to being uh, traveling with the team again this week. But um, anyways, that that's kind of what I'll go with. And, and again, I just think this team has, you know, they know how to win. They have the belief that they're going to win. They have the confidence in themselves at an all-time high. How can it not be any higher? Uh, but but again, Western Kentucky is a, a valid opponent. And they're not going to, you know, especially after that loss, they're going to come out fired up and and trying to uh, to pick up a a, a win uh, themselves on their home field. But uh, Richie, what's, what's your prediction? And then I think we got maybe a, a voicemail or two before we uh, wrap up tonight. Well, I I think we should just go right into the voicemails because the vibes are high, the juju is great, and who cares what my prediction is? Because the last thing I want to do is become bulletin board material. For anyone, I don't need players looking into cameras after the game going, that's a Richie, in Richie long shot to space. We don't need to know my pr- pr- uh, prediction. Right now, I think Western Kentucky wins. I think it's close. I just, the, the it's one of those expect the worst and be thrilled at what happens after. Um, it worries me that they are coming off of a loss. Um, it worries me that we are going to Western Kentucky to play this game. Uh, I think there's just too many things that worries me. I would rather be wrong and be surprised. Richie's a hater. Fine. Whatever. Again, I think this is a close game. We we had this game at the beginning of the year. Most of us had this game as a loss. And there's not, you know, yes, things have looked good. We run the ball well. But I just haven't seen enough for me to jump off of my original prediction before we jump into the voicemail real quick i just wanted to jump on what you said which which is a good point going having to go on the road um but my caveat to that is and counterpoint to that is liberty's been better on the road so far Mm -hmm. this year look at what they did at fiu i mean that game wasn't even buffalo buffalo i mean scored 55 and and didn't they kneel on the ball inside the 10 yard line yeah i mean could have easily gone over 60 uh and then uh, jacksonville state obviously the last you know three quarters or so of that game was was kind of domination so this team has played really well on the road uh let's hope that continues at least one more week but uh anyways let's get into uh those voicemails what is up friends over at the sea of red podcast sam stone here Big fan of the podcast. Very excited for this week's upcoming game between the Undefeated Flames and Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. I'll be in attendance driving over from Louisville and very excited for it. My question I want to ask is this. Last time Liberty was in Western Kentucky playing, uh, someone by the name of, what was his name? Oh, Malik Willis got the start uh, when we didn't know who was going to be the quarterback and he Came out of nowhere, surprised us all, and obviously we all remember his name now. Um, if you had to pick who is going to be the person who steps into 
Western Kentucky and uh, put their name on the map this week. So thanks so much. If you can answer that question, that would be awesome. And look forward to uh, cheering on the Flames this week in Bowling Green. Well, it's always great to hear from uh, our main man, Sam Stone, uh, legend, wherever he goes, uh, slinging houses on on the, the Bird app. Uh, he's great. So Sam asked, who's going to be the breakout player this week? I think it's a tough question because I think some a lot of our, our breakout players have already uh, made names for themselves. You know, I feel like there's a lot more household names on this Liberty team than there were previously so interested to to hear what you guys have to say so uh give me what you got because i don't have a great answer for this one zeke lead Um, us off i'm gonna go with james joiner um he kind of he didn't really have like a breakout i would say last night but he had a really good game i thought um he came in had some really good runs when billy lucas he he kind of got hurt there for a while but he came back so i assume he's all right um, but, you know, like I said earlier, Western Kentucky, they don't have a good rush defense. I think we're going to try to do what we do best with dominate with our offensive line, run the ball, and maybe he gets in there a few runs, makes some big plays, has a breakaway touchdown. But like you said, Richie, I mean, we've already had a lot of breakouts this year. We kind of know who our guys are. But, you know, I'll go with uh, James Schoenter. I was almost on the same exact thinking as you. I, I was – Honestly, about to say jointer, but I'll change it up, um, and I will go Aaron Bedgood instead. So we we've known his name some already. Um, he we, he's he's honestly made some great moves, had some great plays, um, but look for him to get a little more involved in that rushing attack as well. Um, just as more games go on, legs are getting tired, especially for Cooley um, and Billy Lucas. So Joiner and Bedgood both, and then who knows? Maybe maybe he returns a kick for a touchdown or mm-hmm. something like he almost had one uh, if he didn't yeah. trip over uh his bleed blocker um so i think bed good um could make a big impact this game yeah that I think would have been mine yeah that i think bed good's a great uh great option and it feels like every time he touches the ball he especially in those kick returns that he's about to break one i'm just i always am watching him like man if he can just break one more tackle or or get one more block he's, he's gonna take one to the house i think that's a good pick um it's hard to really pick somebody on offense because they've all kind of already had their breakouts and you know we're eight games in you know going into the eighth game of the season and uh you know salter you can't really say him right i mean he's already kind of established himself uh, obviously Cooley has done what he's done cj daniels even elijah smooth who's who's dealing with a little bit of an injury uh, and hasn't played much the last couple of weeks uh he's kind of busted out i think it was against buffalo uh Treyon sibley had a big game against fiu maybe one other but uh I, i'm going to switch things up and go on the defensive side of the ball uh we talk we've been talking a lot this week in the last 24 hours or so about uh, lack of pressure Liberty's been able to get. How about T.J. Bush, the true Ooh. freshman we've heard uh, a lot from from the coaching staff back in the summer and the spring, just what he's been able to do. Uh, he got in there, I believe, for a half a sack uh, in the fourth quarter late last night, and, um, you know, he's going to get better. He's just a true freshman, and like I said, he's now just his eighth game into his college career. So um, I, I, I'll say T.J. Bush gets free and, and um, maybe gets a sack or two, a, a TFL or two, and, and maybe a force fumble, something like that, just to cause some pressure on uh, on Austin Reed. That's something Liberty will need. 
hundred percent. I agree. I agree with all of those. Uh, last thing before we get into our, our final voicemail, I think this is going to be that kind of game where one play is going to change the game, whether it is, you know, and a kick return or a punt return is a big factor in that. So uh, I'm a big Bedgood fan. I think every time he's got the ball, he's electric and I'm hopeful that, you know, he does get that opportunity to, to house one because I do think it is going to come down to something like that. So producer 3000, roll the final voicemail. Yeah, hey, my question is uh, if PK, can't remember the last name, Naranquo from Abilene Christian, the transfer, uh, if he was still on the team. I um, haven't seen much from him, but uh, when I saw it was announced on social media that he was transferring in, after watching this highlight film, he looked like he could make a big impact. Uh, just seeing if you guys had any details with that. Uh, and then also just want to get your thoughts on um, James Joyner. Uh, if you guys think like myself, that he should get more touches. Uh, he really seems to run pretty well in the last game against Middle Tennessee State. Appreciate you giving me some. I'll take the uh, the Shike part. Uh, transfer, uh, like you mentioned there, linebacker from Abilene Christian. Uh, he is on the team. He, he played uh, some last night. I think he had one or two snaps on defense and and uh, he, he's really been uh, a disappointment, if I had to say. And I think this coaching staff has really uh, nailed almost all of their uh, uh, you know transfers that they brought in, even some of their recruits. I mean, they're all making contributions. Uh, Shike is is maybe the only one uh, that that they've missed on, and and he's just uh, kind of buried on the depth chart a little bit. And uh, you know, even. Uh, you know, we've seen Tyron Dupree and Jerome Jolly kind of establish themselves there, and even the uh, the uh, the walk on um, slip of my name, Joe, Joe Carter, has kind of uh, come on as well. And uh, even despite the the transfer of Akil Washington midseason, Chike still can't really get onto the field, which has been a disappointment. I thought he was a guy that that could be the best player at that linebacker spot and potentially lead the team in, in tackles, but. Uh, uh, the the jointer. Why don't we go, uh, Zach? You are you were on uh, jointer. So what do you think about jointer? Should he get more carries? I mean, I I don't see a reason why not. Uh, he hasn't given us a reason not to. I don't believe he has any fumbles on the year. He's had limited touches. I think he got decent playing time and gar garbage time against Buffalo, and that was the first time I really remembered him before uh, last night. But like I said, when Billy Lucas went down and went to the locker room for a little bit. He was banged up before he came back in. Joyner got some carries, and he was moving the chains and tough running, held on to the ball. Um, obviously, we know the talent he has, four-star commitment to Arkansas, power five back. He's got all the traits he would want in a running back. Like, I mean, our running back room is just solid. Like, it's off the bottom. Like, any team in the conference would love to have any of those guys. And we, we got just a stable of great running backs. And – I'm all for Jointer getting more carries, and I could definitely see him making an impact if he's given the opportunity against Western Kentucky. Fumble, FIU fumbled. Uh, I know we got we got to wrap this uh, podcast up so we can go in here and watch these last two minutes and see what happens. I know I'm super excited to see it. So uh, thank you so much to everyone who who tuned uh, in. Whether you're watching us live, checking us out later, if you like, subscribe, whatever platform. Uh, you are on. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, we're so excited that we get to talk about our favorite college football team with with, with all the people here and uh, all the people that are checking us out. Check us out on Twitter. Um, 
you'll see us. If, if you're watching this, you probably already know that already. But thank you to, to Zeke for joining us live this evening. CT coming off a massive uh, 4-1 and one with the locks, uh, uh, above 500 week with the rest of his picks. And the guy that knows it all. We could rattle off a player and he'll tell us every uh, little bit about him, you know, what they're doing. And, and that is uh, super important to us uh, and, and gives us a ton of knowledge uh, when we're talking about the flame. So thank you for again uh, for checking us out. We're looking forward to, to the, the games on Saturday, uh, the big game against Western Kentucky. Uh, I think we're going to do a Twitter live at some point. Yeah, I think we're planning on doing a, a Twitter live following the game, maybe next Wednesday yeah. night. Uh, me and Richie kind of recapping the the win, and then because uh, Liberty has the the open date after that, so uh, that'll kind of the game, not the win. Don't. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Hey, it, it's uh, predestined at this point in time, right? So uh, re- recap recapping the game at Western Kentucky. My apologies, and then uh, we'll recap that game, and then uh, like I said, Liberty has the open date following uh, that game, and. And uh, we'll have another podcast prior to Louisiana Tech, which is uh, homecoming. Yes, super excited uh, for that game uh, and all the Liberty games. So thank you to everyone who uh, tuned in to, to check us out. As always, stay hydrated, stay blessed, and stay fly. Go Flames. We'll see you next time. Thank you.